Welcome to the True Face Podcast, where we have conversations about what we can learn from what's going on in our lives. My name is Robbie Angle, and I'll be your guide as we learn how to increase trust and experience grace. Most of us get stuck in our relationships with God and others, and we end up wondering, is this really all there is to it? At True Face, we develop relational grace-based discipleship resources, equipping you to experience deeper relationships with God and others, equipping a growing group of men and women with a toolbox of teaching and experiences to help you experience the peace and the freedom of the original good news. And today I want to catch you up on a conversation that I was having with a friend uh, just just a week or two ago. And the conversation I was having with him was around the question of how we live connected to a belief of a question of, do we actually really need God? I had this conversation with a, he's a pretty new friend. He's a really sharp and intelligent 25-year-old single guy. And he was seeking ideas, talking to me about ideas for his men's group. And he shared some insights about the group, the group's members. Most of these guys grew up in an affluent suburb of Atlanta. They attended a a quality and expensive private Christian middle school and high school. They had a strong church background, and most of them had since then completed college and got professional jobs. They're making good money. They're in their mid-20s, and they're all seeming to be grappling with their faith. They're questioning whether God is real, if he matters, if this Christian thing matters, and if they actually need God. While they still identify as Christians, they don't necessarily feel the value or the reality of the faith they've been connected to for most of their lives. It made me realize that many Christians, including myself, we can often live most of our lives functioning as if we were agnostic with the reality of our lives reflecting not having a belief or a position whether God was real or not. We live like we don't need to know or we're not sure if he's real or not because our life reflects no difference either way. It feels like for a lot of Christians, Christianity is more of a religious structure that offers assurance, salvation, and a framework for successful living. Christianity provides a moral and a value system that makes sense and boosts our self-esteem sometimes. But beyond that, If we're honest with ourselves, more days than not, many of us experience life that wouldn't look or feel differently if God wasn't real. For most of my life, I heard the the popular quip that Christianity is not a religion, it's a relationship. So I was particularly sensitive to making sure as the FCA president in high school and as the young life leader in college that I would say, no, this is... This is a relationship I have with God. It's not just a religion. However, if I'm being honest, for most of my life, even as a professional Christian, it's felt more like a religion most days than a relationship. That my experience of a God that my five senses don't see or hear has felt more like a, a cerebral practice or an understanding this of this framework of beliefs than an actual experiential one, which relationship alludes to. 
that I felt disintegrous or uh, when it when I've talked about it as a relationship because it, it's been very different for most of my life than the type of relationship that had intimacy like other relationships with my wife or my close friends or my children when I look into their eyes and connect with them relationally. So going back to my conversation uh, about those 25 year olds, they're just being honest. They go for months without praying or reading the Bible and they don't notice a significant difference. Can you blame them that, that they're questioning this? Most of us have been conditioned to think that knowledge and understanding should be enough to find what we're seeking, which these guys have had for 15 years. And, and I'm assuming that was the primary way that these guys saw the Christian life of, of knowing more and doing better stuff. But we know, don't we, that this approach falls up short. So what are we missing? What's underpinning that? And in addition to the wrong perspective that knowing God will result in us experiencing God, underneath all of this in all of our lives, we have sin of pride. Our chief sin is pride. All of us, rooted in our pride, we don't want to need anybody, including God. We desire to be like little gods ourselves. That's why the apostle John wraps up 1 John in chapter 521 with the plea for all of us to keep ourselves from idols, from false or little g gods, which temporarily make us feel like we don't need the big g God. We know we can't serve two masters and our pride leads us to believe that we can handle everything on our own. We're good. We got this. And these 25-year-olds were echoing those sentiments that they had practiced and leaned into a lot of days of their life. And now they're wondering, do they need the big G God? So Robert, my friend, smiled and he mentioned that one of them making a decent salary living in a great apartment driving a, a a sweet truck and enjoying life with his playstation 5 and his massive tv and a cute girlfriend his friend is wondering honestly do i need god and that's when i smiled with a knowing smile and i said great question do we? Do we really need God? I mean, life's not broken for this guy. Seems pretty good. And so I replied, it sounds like your friend's got it all. Sounds like he's found what he's looking for. It sounds like he's found contentment. Sounds like your friend has found peace. Sounds like he's overflowing with joy. Sounds like he feels full like he, his life is complete, that he feels fully and wholly loved. And then Robert replied with an understanding, sad chuckle, and he shook his head, knowing his friend was experiencing very few of those things I just mentioned. That his friend had moments and waves and days of fleeting happiness that he kept pretending or hoping he could find in those things, in the world's offerings and the comforts, but they seemed to go away and not last and not meet what he was really looking for. Isn't it 
crazy how much of our lives we try to live like that guy, like that 25-year-old. In a way, or as we try to convince ourselves that we don't need God, that we've got it figured out, that we can find what we long for, that temporary happiness will lead to the joy, the peace, the purpose, a, a layer beneath that in all of our hearts. To be in control and to minimize the pain and maximize the comforts is the preferred way that most of us live most of our days. We just settle for this mediocrity, but at least we're in control and it's pretty comfortable, right? This is what we know, though, comes up short of the kingdom life that Jesus makes possible that he made us to experience and that we long for. It's for all of those things I talked about that he made us to long for, that he came to meet, that he has the truth about, that he offers us. So on the other side of surrender, in humility, through trusting, that is where we receive those things. And the comforts, the, the confidence, the, that we don't need God, that we have it all together, the beliefs that he can't provide those things, those keep us from the posture of surrender that starts that humble posture in order to trust God, in order to receive those things. Because when we receive, then out of receiving, letting him love us and give us and meet those needs in our hearts, then the fruit of that, that is love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and gentleness and self-control, offering a hope for a hungry world in addition to what we hope for in our hearts. There is a longing world out there, whether they're saying it or not, because we are those people and we've been those people. And in this kingdom life, there's so much more to this way of following Jesus. And it is out of that abiding in that fruit of the spirit that we get to be the salt of the earth, lights in a dark room, cities on a hill, showing the world the different way that Jesus made possible. Because we know the source of Jesus, the one who literally said he came for the purpose of offering peace, freedom, and so much more. What Jesus makes possible is precisely what we're searching for, what all these 25-year-olds are searching for and going, ah, God can't do it. It's not because he can't. It's because we were, they were looking. A lot of us have been looking for that, uh, that peace through the process of knowing about him or religion or obedience and, and not him himself. So I hope all of us just slow down and we take time listening to this to be honest and realize that the world, we know the world falls short of providing what our hearts truly long for and today to go to the source of that. This is the gift of grace that we get to receive daily. The fruits of the Holy Spirit made possible by Jesus. This is the path of following Jesus, the fulfillment we all seek. And it's easy to believe the subtle lies that we can find these things elsewhere, that the world will provide them for us, that we can find them on our own. But the truth is that only Jesus and the Holy Spirit can truly offer us these gifts. 
This is the kingdom of God, and we are privileged as sons and daughters of the king to have access to this table, to receive these gifts, these fruits of the Spirit, are what we long for and what we can't find despite our efforts to do so on our own. That's what gets us to, points us back to the source of it. And we know that our pride whispers that it would be nice if we didn't need God, but that's precisely what Jesus came to replace, that lie. So let's remember this today and confess it in order to go walk in a posture of surrender in order to abide. Thanks for listening, sharing, liking, or subscribing this podcast, and I hope you have a great one and go out in peace.